0: This week on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, Sprawl 1 Flatland.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. We are on Sprawl 1. And we are the only Arcade Fire podcast that talks about every single Arcade Fire song from A to Z. We have been off for a little break, and now we are back with our Season 2 new series. And uh, my name's Owen, and with me always is my other host, co-host, Alex Pandey. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've just been a month of The Suburbs. And it's uh, it's exciting. It's it's I I'm excited. I like this song. I'm 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 ready to get going. But uh, in 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 recent news, uh, there's been there's been a lot of Arcade Fire content recently.
1: Yeah, I'd say having everyone inside has really driven the uh, juices, the creative juices, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I I uh, I read online some people saying that they didn't like seeing if they don't like seeing behind the veil that uh on one hand we're sitting like oh more arcade fire content more arcade fire content but now that we get this arcade fire content of win on his instagram uh posting these little snippets that it's like oh actually i i, 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 I don't want to i don't want the illusion to be ruined i want a fully formed song
1: see i don't know i'm on i'm on the train of the I, I don't really have a feel for what's going to sound like based off these small snippets they've played and I don't like who who even knows what they are or what's going on so I, I like the idea that it's telling us that they're recording you know I like that idea of that and whether or not someone says oh I think this snippet sounds good or this snippet is the direction the band's going in and I'm really worried all that stuff I don't think really matters I'm all about I, I like including us in the process.
0: Oh, me too. I uh, right before this, Owen and I off the air, we're talking about the new Strokes album, and we we're talk. i was talking about one of the songs, "Ode to the Mets," that wasn't released as a single, but was they they played it live at their New Year's Brooklyn show. And I am the kind of person that as soon as a band plays the live song, a new live song live, like I am diving into it well before it's released. Like I love, I love just the little scraps of content. Uh. And it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. But we also have Win Butler, Instagram poet.
1: Yeah. In his, uh, self-isolation, I guess, or their his process has been, he's been releasing a lot of poetry about things he sees around his neighborhood and inside his house. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's funny. it's I think it's meant to be pretty humorous. So I'm taking it, like, I think it's pretty funny. What, what yeah, are your I thoughts think, I it? I think
0: it's pretty funny too. I think Wynn really, uh it it's I feel like he's kind of said goodbye to Twitter and this is his new medium of uh, expressing to the world the little thoughts and the little funny snippets
1: yeah I think that's really interesting because it's like Twitter as a format kind of suggests this interaction between people where there's like a conversation happening whereas him posting on Instagram or in his stories or whatever kind of allows him to say what he wants to say without the interaction
0: Yeah, definitely, and I honestly, like, I think that that's better, uh, you know, Wynn can post his, uh, his, his poetry online without fear of people just ripping into it, versus, uh, you know, Instagram's a bit different, versus on Twitter, the just, like, yeah, it, uh, Win Wynn doesn't need that, but, uh, in official news, we we actually got a new release this week, sort of. We got that uh, the Coachella Wake Up Live Coachella 2011. Did you watch that?
1: I actually no, I haven't watched it yet. I mean, it, it's part of the Coachella documentary or whatever. I'll probably watch that when it comes out. But
0: yeah, it uh, it's it's uh, it's it's cool. I. After watching it, I was looking, at, taking a look at some stuff, and you know, people talk about Coachella sucking now and saying, "Oh, maybe it always did." But have you ever seen the lineup for 2011?
1: Um, no, I haven't. What was it?
0: Just yeah. Humor me, cause I'm gonna say a lot of names here. Okay. But Arcade Fire, Kings of Leon. And this is this isn't an order of headliner to, to not have. This is just all the names that I. have Okay, Arcade Fire, Kings of Leon, The Black Keys, Interpol, Brandon Flowers, Titus Andronicus, Animal Collective, Mumford and Sons, Bright Eyes, Empire of the Sun, Tame Impala, Kanye West, The Strokes, Duran Duran, The National, Death From Above 1979, Skrillex, Broken Social Scene, Cage the Elephant, The Tallest Man on Earth, The New Pornographers, Wiz Khalifa, Nas, and Gord Downey. And that was an abridged list. I didn't even get into, like, the more indie acts. Like, all of those big names in the one weekend.
1: Yeah. I'd be, it'd be interesting to like rate Coachella, we, uh, acts or whatever, rate Coachella's uh, headliners and list and see like which year holds up the best from the past. I think it's pretty easy to look back on some years and be like, Oh, well, what a great year. Well, it's like, well, maybe like that could be this year. I mean, obviously nothing this year, but like that could be this year, but people just haven't like appreciated it as much or like maybe don't realize band or act is as good as they are until later right so
0: yeah looking at that the one name they're like tame impala in 2011 was fairly in like in the middle of the pack of the names whereas i feel like they headlined at some point i'm not really a big tame impala guy i know you're a big tame impala guy but they headlined coachella at some point but uh just like even like Arcade Fire, Kings of Leon, Black Keys, The Strokes, Kanye, Mumford & Sons, these are all headlining names, and there's like 10 of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, so that,
0: interesting, uh, interesting year.
1: I can't wait for that. I, 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 I want to see when the documentary comes out. I'll watch it. and see Yeah, what, see it'll what be it. cool.
0: Even though never have been, and probably will never go to Coachella. <laughs> I mean, nothing against it, just did California is far.
1: And also super expensive. Yeah um do you want to get into the basic facts do yeah, you have any more basic facts any more recent news i'm just trying to think not really but okay basic facts here we go sprawl one is the 14th track of the band's third full-length album the suburbs it is two minutes and 54 seconds long making it the second shortest track on the album it is the 82nd most performed song it's been played live Five times. Most recently was at Le Zenith's Nantes Metropole <laughs> April 26, 2018. So obviously it's not been played that much, especially for a song that's been out for 10 years now. And it has 5.9 million streams on Spotify, making it the second least streamed on the suburbs. But Wasted Hours is kind of split over the two songs. So if you merge them into one, it'd be the least stream on the album. Wait, what you do you mean- Sorry.
0: Wait, oh, uh, because there's the two different versions of Wasted Hour. Yeah,
1: exactly. The two different versions of Wasted Hour splits up its streams. So it together, if you put the two numbers together, it's like seven million, which would be the five point nine. But on its own, it's only like I think four million or something like that. So
0: yeah, I uh, I don't agree with this statement personally, but I feel like for a lot of people, this is the boring song before Sprawl Two.
1: Yeah, see, it's like, I think it's it's all about how you frame the song. I don't, I'm not like, I mean, we'll talk about it so much, but it's a transition song in my mind, but that doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it boring. It doesn't like, but I could see how maybe a lot of people aren't going to just listen to Sprawl One on its own. Or no one's, I could see a lot of people is like, oh, I'm not going to add Sprawl One to my playlist song. It's like, as I have a bunch of other songs I want to listen to, I'm not going to add Sprawl One to that. So I, I, I see, but I think it serves a very vital role on the album.
0: Yeah, I I don't feel that way at all. I love Sprawl One. I think Sprawl One is the emotional climax of the male character on the second half of the album. Uh and I think that it's I mean we'll get into a lot of things as we get into the lyrics, but uh before into the lyrics we talk about the, the 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 title. You know, what what is a sprawl? Oh, and you've you've a definition of a sprawl?
1: I mean, I don't I didn't Google one, but it's uh People say
0: urban, urban sprawl or suburban sprawl. It's the, uh, like, this isn't, I mean, it's not a very commonly used word by, I think, in everyday talking. But it is a fairly common word that people use when they're describing suburbia or, uh, you know, anything in this regard is that sprawl. And I think that, uh, like I was saying before, you know, we had... On disc one, we have Half-Light 1 and Half-Light 2, which I think are the climaxes of disc one of The Suburbs, two companion songs, and we have the male and female characters looking at, you know, the exact same thing, the half-light of the evening, but seeing very different things and being in very different parts of their journey. And now, here we are again, I think the male and female characters looking at the exact same thing, the Suburban Sprawl, but seeing two very different things. Um, I feel like at the, I mean at this point, I, I love talking about the suburbs because it's it's the most like a story than the rest of the albums. Uh, I feel like at this point, the male character, you know, he's just realized. All the time that I wasted, I need to go and i got to go back. He's feeling something and he's going back to the sprawl. That is the solution. You know, if he blames all his feelings and all these thoughts on the fact that the neighborhood and the suburbs are killing him, you know, they're forcing him to change, then that's it. I'm, I'm done waiting. I'm done doing what I used to do. I'm going back there and I'm looking at it head on. I'm, I'm going to see what happens when I actually get there. And, you know, we'll see next week that the female character gets back and sees mountains and beyond mountains and you know so many obstacles still to climb and overcome in the same journey she's always been on but sprawl one flatland i think the male character gets there and just sees nothing he no emotion no response just Nothing as far as the eye can see, and you know what does what does that mean to him? Owen, we'll just get into. I like lyrics. that thesis.
1: It's uh, the, the comparison between the male and the female character, and the flatland versus the mountains beyond mountains. Um, yeah, I like. Uh, I agree, and I think one thing that's going to be interesting as we go into this is the talking about the demo and how some of the wording has actually changed between the demo and this version, and. Uh, the only how that goes into like what you're talking about, about the, the guy going back and seeing nothing, but is told from the guy, the guy, the speaker does talk as a duo, as he's talking about being there with the female speaker or with a partner. Right. So,
0: yeah, it's uh you want, you want to just get into it?
1: Yeah. Here you take the first little bit.
0: Took a drive into the sprawl to find the house where we used to stay. Couldn't read the number in the dark? You said let's save it for another day. What do you think?
1: Um I I mean this is a I mean a classic mo- I find this really it's really interesting cuz this is like um, this is nostalgia within nostalgia. It's like the true inception moment of nostalgia where um, the speaker is looking back on a moment of nostalgia. The speaker's looking back at this time when he's with the um with the the partner he's with the partner and they're saying let's save it for another day it's this moment of they're trying to find their past they're trying to find that nostalgia and the nostalgia that they're trying to find is the childhood time they spent at this house for example right the house number they're trying to find is like they're trying to find nostalgia and he's like looking back at that in a nostalgic way i just think it's very uh, i mean it's so meta it's so perfectly emotional for like this song is just like I think you're right. It's the emotional peak of the album.
0: Yeah, I think that it, uh, it it really is like everything. Everything is coming together. Every song brought a little bit to the table, and it's all converging on this song. And I think that like, you know, earlier he dreamt he drove home to Houston, but he's no longer a man of dreaming. He's not waiting around anymore. You know, he's a man of action, and he drove back to his childhood home after after all of this, you know, ready to confront every, whatever it is, thinking that, you know, I, I I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'll go back there, I'll go back to the house where we used to stay, and that'll solve my problems maybe. And, you know, by the time they get there, they're driving, it's nighttime, it's dark, and he can't see the numbers, and it's... uh. It's, it's interesting that the character with him, you know, we assume is the female character, says the, let's save it for another day. And it, uh, it contrasts with his now plan of action. You know, he's going back to waiting in turn, waiting in line, you know, waiting for a letter to arrive, or just waiting for something to happen that actually, you know, yeah, let, let's just go home and we'll come back, you know, we'll just do it another time, like, you know, no rush. Uh, that... It's how in this this one verse here, how, how different they are at this stage of how much this matters to him right now versus like, oh, let's just keep waiting. Like, well, something will happen. This wasn't it. Just, just try it again.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, do here, I'll go to the next verse here. Sure. Took a drive into the sprawl to find the places we used to play. It was the loneliest day of my life. You're talking at me, but I'm still far away. I, again, like, this just, it just, it's so exciting. It's so, this nostalgia within nostalgia. It's like this completion of this nostalgia. Like, the whole album is just nostalgia. This whole album is just looking back at your life and thinking, what like, boy, do I wish I could have been there. Boy, could, like, what a time that was. What a time that was. And it's, but yet, it's, this is also looking at the past of, looking into the past, it's, the, it was the loneliest day of my life, and you're talking at me, but I'm still far away. It's like the speaker realizes they had all these issues at that moment when they're on that drive, when they're looking at like their nostalgic past. It's like, man, boy, did I have issues then. But it's like still like, boy, do I wish I was there. It was just this idea of that uh, I, there's no better time than the past. It's like we we come to this resolution later. And I think even into the, as we go into the suburbs, continue to truly get the full realizations, but it's just like, it's an album built on nostalgia. And this song is just the peak of, uh, discussing these issues.
0: Yeah. I think that this is, uh, this, this, uh, on nostalgia, this is, this is the song where, where he finally confronts the nostalgia, uh, I think that, you know, people do do. I mean, I joke a lot about Springsteen influences in the songs, but this one specifically, Bruce does have a song called "My Father's House," where he talks about, you know, going back to his father's house and seeing it and going through that, Uh, and it's in a very, very similar vein of thinking that it's the place that caused, like, that you can go back and feel the way you felt again but you can't. And uh, I think that this, like, you know, they're, they're, they're driving around the suburbs in the middle of the night here, and they're, you know, it's too dark to see the numbers, so they're just driving around, and they see the playgrounds, you know, they see the overpasses, they see the parking lots, all the places that, you know, made them feel something before. And he's looking at them, and she's telling them, and she's and and he's feeling nothing, you know. I feel like she's saying, oh, oh, like, look at that. We used to ride our bikes and make out there and, you know, all that jazz and he's just feeling extremely lonely like he's not connecting with anything anymore like none of none of these none of these things matter to me anymore none of these physical things are making him feel like they used to cuz he's kind of realizing that the physical things haven't changed but he's changed and it seeing them again isn't going to do anything for him because he's not the person that he once was but it's uh yeah, and it's a very it's a very lonely uh-huh. realization for him.
1: Yeah. But like cause at the same time he was thinking that, you know, coming back here would rekindle those feelings. Mm. Like he thought that, you know, coming back it's like you'd you'd realize is that that emotions you had between each other would come back and yet they haven't. It's like this true realization of like what does it mean to change? What does it mean to be in a physical place?
0: Yeah, it it exactly. It uh thinking that uh, going back and that you can change something that maybe if I go back to the same place and do it different, I won't have such like, maybe if I go back now and do things different, I won't grow up to be the way that I am now. And the way that I kind of don't really love about everything in my life right now, I could change that by going back, but, but you know, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, no, I mean it's a different point, but it's just like it's, it's interesting how this song is just so like it is very poetic in terms of how it's structured. It's all four-line stanzas. It's like where a lot of the other songs you get this free flow of um thoughts and you 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 follow the narrator through the story, but this one it's very much it's um it's just so structured in terms of how how the story's been told to you. I think that that is because it's like versus like the other ones where you're in the moment of thinking about nostalgia. Now it's like you're being nostalgic about the nostalgic past and like therefore it is more structured. It's like this like thought that you've had so much about that lonely day. It's like you're not in that lonely day. You're thinking about that lonely day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it uh, that 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 changes to more of the free flow like you were saying when we get to the the, the final bit in a, in a in a second here uh where it is much more in the original memory but and it's more free flowing but here yeah it's still uh now you want me to keep going sure
1: uh, continue on
0: let's take a drive through the sprawl through these towns they built to change then you said the emotions are dead it's no wonder you feel so strange what do you think
1: i mean the first thing is the difference right the last two verses started with took a drive into the sprawl and then this one's the action let's take a drive through the sprawl um i don't know i think there's like it's starting to become a realization like this is a bit of a turning point in the the song for the the speaker and um with that comes like the idea of these towns they were built to change it's like that realization of uh you hold this image of your town in your mind, and it never changes. Like that playground stays the same, but now as I drive through the town, they realize, hey, the, that's where the gas station used to be, or hey, like that park, like that's something else now, and that house, so that's like a building now. And the, it's the idea of like the towns, the towns they're built to change, but your memories they don't. So, like that's what you see. And but the thing is now, it's something that doesn't change is dead. That's like the emotions are dead. Like. W- when I if I hold this very specific feeling about you and I held it to like this physical place that is this playground. And now that now that the playground isn't there, it's like when you come back to see it, it's like, well, is that emotion dead? Like what between us that held so specifically to this one specific spot is is that gone now?
0: Yeah, it's it's uh this whole time so far we've been talking about negative memories associated with the places, but I think a lot of it is Uh, it's a a lot, a lot of it that we really should have mentioned before, as well as the positive that the places you love are gone. And can you ever feel like that again? You know, I used to, I used to feel so young here. I used to be so young when I was here and now they tore it down and I don't, can I, am I ever going to feel like that again? Uh, And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a turning point of more disconnect. You know, he, he's realized the towns are, are, are built to change. He's realized that the walls have come down and the houses have come down and it meant nothing at all. You know, absolutely nothing. Tear it all down, build it all back up again. You know, none of that matters to me because in every, every direction, all I can see is just flat, nothing flat land. Like I, I don't see anything in any of these places anymore. And I, uh, I When she says the emotions are dead, I went to the actual physical lyric book from the album for this because I think there's some interpretation as to who is speaking the last line. Is it like a, then you said, the emotions are dead and, sorry, then you said, the emotions are dead, it's no wonder you feel so strange. Like that's one sentence from the from the you. The, the other person says, the emotions are dead, it's no wonder that you feel so strange. But it could also be, the emotions. Then you said the emotions are dead. It's no wonder that you feel so strange, as if the speaker is reflecting on the statement, "The emotions are dead," and the lyric book offers no clairvoyance for other parts of the song. Uh, where like like you you said, let's save it for another day, or uh, the do you kids know what time it is? Those are in quotation marks, but here none of this is in quotation marks. So it's uh does it mean something it's uh it's interesting that's but, yeah
1: that is interesting it, i think it's yeah it's purposely ambiguous my initial interpretation was then you said the emotions are dead and then the speaker saying it's no wonder you feel so extra- strange yeah, about the partner but then this one it's like i i i could see how it makes more sense up until this point it has been the, the male speaker who has been the one who has been distant and lonely and so it would make sense that like the 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 partner would be the one saying that you're you feel so estranged but it it isn't how I initially heard it or how I initially thought about it
0: no me neither that's that's not how I uh I, I imagine it like in the context of the surroundings of uh of you know her saying something like Oh look, that place has changed so much. You know, it used to be so vibrant, but now, now the emotions are dead. It's really changed. And he's sitting and thinking, she hasn't moved past the feeling, and that's why she still feels so strange. Uh, that he's kind of, he's kind of gotten it. He, he's, you know, the he's he's he seen he understands the joke. He's seen the punchline that that coming back here isn't actually gonna make you feel any better. And yeah. if that playground was still there. We still wouldn't feel young, or if that you know uh, overpass we used to make out under was still there, maybe like i I wouldn't love you the way I loved you then, even if that was still there because going to the physical places isn't changing who I am and now i I don't necessarily think that he's falling out of love or anything. I did use that example. I think it's more so his uh existential. Yeah. Aging thing here, but going to these places isn't going to make you feel young, even if they were still there. And uh, it's no wonder you still feel so strange because you haven't realized that yet.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll continue on here.
0: Hey, you want to take it to the end?
1: Okay. The cops shown their lights on the reflectors of our bikes, said, Do you kids know what time it is? Well, sir, it's the first time that I felt like something is mine, like I have something to give. The last offender of the sprawl said, well, where do you kids live? Well, sir, if only knew, if if you only knew what the answer's worth, I've been searching every corner of the earth. Um, it's interesting because it, it feels like it's gone back in time. It feels like this is a memory of a moment, right? Where as you're a kid, the streetlights have gone down, and now you run into a cop, and they're like, hey, time to go home, kid. But at the same time, it's like the speaker has this voice as a kid that of his current voice and current thoughts so it is truly this match of like these different time frames we've been talking about the entire time through the suburbs album and now it's kind of like they are kind of together this idea of this is the kid talking with an adult experience
0: yeah exactly i think this one you know you were talking earlier about the uh change from the more uh, almost like the more structured way the first couple of verses are are written, of uh, even even just the way that they rhyme and kind of roll together, and then now this one is more just free flowing. I think that this is now it it starts off we're in a flashback of a uh, of of a time. Uh, we also we hear we, we have the the biggest alternate version for the biggest lyric change from the the demo version where. In the demo, it's, he says, Can you ever forgive me for what I said? I left you in the night by the road. Which is interesting, but it's an incomplete demo thought. I think I think that... I don't think... I'm not reading into that too much because I don't think that that's ultimately the final... Like, that's not the direction Wynn settled on. Uh, yeah. I think that that should just be a very early on when he's like, yeah, that, that kind of lines up with the themes of the album. And that sort of, like the mindset he's in, but in that it doesn't, it, it doesn't belong. Like, I don't think that that's an alternate ending for the song. I think that's just a lyric he had earlier on that he didn't use.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I, I agree. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. But with the, with the lyric real lyrics. Yeah. I think it's a, the jump back in the timeline to, you know, they were in the same spot as they were kids, you know, they, they riding their bikes to the nearest park and sitting under the swings or whatever, and then shielding their eyes from the police, police lights. And, you know, running away and not knowing why, but when now he knows why they ran away, I think he's saying here, like, as a kid, that he had a cause, you know, he was fighting for something. And even if it's as simple as the, you know, fighting for your right to party, it's, you know, I, I want to be young, I want to be free, the cops, the adults, whatever, you know, they're trying to restrict that. And that's something that, wanting to fight for the right to party is mine and you know it's it's my right to do whatever I want to do with my life and I think he's saying here like when the cops are coming and saying hey you kids can't be here you know go home or whatever that's the first time of a of a this is where I want to be and like this this feeling I want to be you know making out under the swings in the dark and I want to defend that and I want to chase that. And he keeps chasing that for, for, for years.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, just like the idea of like, these these thoughts the kid having are not thoughts that any kid would ever say to a cop. It's like this idea. It's like this has been something that's like gone through the speaker's mind so much. Like it's just like back and forth. There's a loop on their mind of like this specific moment, obviously, and the the idea of like this is the first time I felt like something is mine. Is I like a young when you're youth, it's like you had This idea of like oh the neighborhood's yours. You know you can bike around it. It's like it's just all yours and it feels like your sanctum and now it's like now when he looks back to that it's like what happened to that like how come i don't have that feeling anymore and then yeah. on like unpacking that into like the second part where um i mean we'll talk about this more but it's like where do you kids live and i've been searching every corner of the earth like t- this is like the speakers that are trying to find that feeling it's like th- what, what do the cool kids know like how do i get to that feeling of being young again how do I get that feeling? I've been, that's all I've been looking for. And that's what the, co- like the is telling the cops. And like, that's like, this is like, that's the epitome of the album in the one line of like, it's, it's trying to find the feeling.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. I think that in, in this verse here, it really is like jumping in the flashback and then him reflecting on it as an adult and then jumping back in the flashback and him reflecting as it and the adult. And it, it's funny, but like the well, sir, like that's such a i mean that's a very bruce bruce uses that kind of uh just way of speaking in a lot of his songs because it's a very like humble like a, oh well sir you know i i uh i don't know it's it's very like hat in hand and and here when is kind of like almost jokingly with the well like well sir you know it's the first time i felt like something was mine but uh i think you know people talk about Childhood trauma affecting who you are as an adult and you know not that this is specifically traumatic, but When you're a child or a teenager you're experiencing a lot of things for the first time and The way you're experiencing love or relationships or a job or anything, you know It's it's limited in context or scope like you've only ever lived in the one place So your knowledge of places is fairly limited even though that's your entire world and the, uh, the, you know, first impression is a lasting one. These things that affect you when you're very young for quite a while, they're the only things that affect you. And I think that, like, you know, you've broken up with your first girlfriend and then you kind of think, this is how all relationships must be. Because that's your only exposure. You've only ever been in the one relationship. You only have the one relative kind of thing. Or more to this song, like, a, I live somewhere that doesn't support who I want or how I feel. So all places must be like this, all suburbs must be like this, and in contrast, there must be a place where no cars go, where, like the, I, I only ever knew this, and this is bad, there must be a better place, you know, there's a lot of black and white, because you've only ever experienced one, one thing, there's no real in-betweens, and so I think he's going back to that specific moment, the first time that he's, he's, feeling that feeling he's moving past and that's the he clung to that for the for years because it's the there's a you know a void inside of him that he was looking to fill and he finally filled it and he kept trying to to fight for that you know and it's uh it's like the same way the first time you know you really love someone else it doesn't work out maybe and it's easy to rose tint it because for a while like that was all you knew. You didn't know that there were bad things. You only knew the, the positive stuff. And so it's easy to look back on it as only being positive. Uh, and I think that here he's saying, you know, do you kids know what time it is? Do you, where do you kids live? And looking back at all those years ago, he now has the answer, which is that he doesn't know. Like you were saying, he he spent the fat the past decade looking for the place where the kids live. You know, the place that the kids know, the place that no cars go, and he's realized, for better or worse, that it doesn't exist—at least not physically—and it's uh it's sad and it's it's lonely that you know what he's been looking for for the past three you know the past EP and two albums doesn't actually exist. Uh, it I think that it's this line goes hand-in-hand with the final line on No Cars Go on Neon Bible, where the only addition from the lyrics from the EP version is now at the end of the song on Neon Bible, Wynn says, don't know where we're going. And that's the first time he's kind of scared that maybe I don't know. And here he's realizing that he's never going to know. That, you know, the cop saying, oh, where do you kids live? And that he's been looking and realizing he's never, never going to find a place that will make him feel like he felt when he was young. And it's sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like it is, it is sad. It is this idea of, I mean, that's why we move from this song into sprawl too, where there is a, like a, a sense of optimism with which the song just very, very much lacks any optimism at all, and I think that that's one thing is missing with the song, is there's no chorus, there's no continued point that you come back to, and it's like, with a song where you have verse and chorus, verse, chorus, is you, have, you can explore ideas of loneliness and nostalgia, but then as long as you come back to that chorus, and that chorus kind of holds you strong with a sense of optimism, whereas this song, it's all verse, 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 and it's all exploring these ideas, but there's no Backbone of optimism to come back to.
0: Yeah, it, uh, this one very much more reads like a poem than, than a song. And I know we were talking about the wasteland last, uh, last episode. I wonder if, if win originally wanted to call the sprawl one wasteland, but figured that was too on the nose. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't state enough how much I love the Been Searching Every Corner of the Earth line. I, it's one of my favorite arcade fire lines and I uh I think with this like this being the emotional climax and almost the last time we hear from the male speaker on the album I think it's an important time to discuss what I think is the most popular quote when is said about the album that the album is neither a love letter to nor an indictment of the suburbs it's a letter from the suburbs and I feel like You know, before writing this album, Wynn sat down and thought long and hard about the suburbs, about everything he's written about, neighborhoods, cities, change, life, death, and he really thought about where he came from. And he wrote a letter to the person who he was, you know, to the place that he grew up, a letter to the suburbs, and the album is what the suburbs wrote back. You know, uh, it's his final reflections on the suburbs as objectively as he can put them. It's not... Uh, it's not a love letter writing in the memories it's not like a, a night moves or a summer of 69 or anything like that about those are the best days of my life it's trying to write it as objectively as possible uh that you know he stared into the abyss texas stared back at him and this is specifically what he saw
1: yeah i think like that's a very important point like I think whenever someone's listening, I think you can like, even when you choose song to song, you can choose to say, oh, I remember that. Like, I loved being a kid. Or you can think like, oh yeah, like what is that emptiness? And like from song to song, song that can change. And like as a listener, you can take your own perspective of like, whether you love the suburbs or whether you hate the suburbs and all that. But I think you're right. Like it, as, a creator they created this as a letter from the suburbs and the imagery just stands so strong like this song I mean like quotable lines like the cops shown their lights on the reflectors of our bikes it's just it's poetic, but at the same time it's just true imagery that anyone can imagine from like a childhood
0: exactly and I think really with uh with the suburbs being an introduction and the suburbs continued being a conclusion, uh, I think you can boil each of the sides of this album down to the last thing wind says on half light. And then this, you know, with side one, him saying, I pray that I don't live to see the death of everything that's wild. And then side two, if only you knew what the answer is worth, I've been searching every corner of the earth. And then eventually, you know, we get to the outro, but, uh, yeah i mean i i love it
1: Mm -hmm. uh do you want to talk about musically
0: yeah what do you think about it musically
1: i think well comparing it to the demo the demo has strong piano uh, like Mm -hmm. almost overwhelming i think what the song does really well is it's eerie like there's this emptiness to it like it's very like it's mostly vocals but i mean with the backing is rhythmic but it's it's just so empty that it's eerie. And like what what you see with the demo is it has the same kind of catchy, rhythmic tune. But with the piano, it's just a little bit overpowering, and it doesn't give you the same creeping through the neighborhood feeling.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's very somber. I think like one of the biggest stands out for me is that the the. The acoustic guitar is just absolutely cranked, and you can hear all the little clicks and slides as whoever it is is playing the s- the chords, and it adds this kind of scratching, dirty feeling. Uh, and I think like the piano, the thumping piano chords and the strings are a very funerally vibe. Not 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 the sense of funeral the album, but like an actual funeral. Uh, that this is the death of the suburbs almost, and the strings going really fast during the cops showing their light and that sort of stuff it creates a lot of anxiety uh, I, th- I think also instruments aside Wynn is really killing it vocally on this I think Wynn's yeah. best is his whispering speak singing and it's really hard to speak sing and actually get the sing in there not just kind of saying the words you know it's it's but it's right in his perfect register that he's singing low and quiet and really enunciating the words but the melody as well and I think that you know the way Sprawl Two really bounces around musically. This one is so straightforward because the lyrics are pushed to be the focus, and the rest is just kind of atmospheric.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree with just how the song works, and I think it's just its strongest point is that it is this transition into what is about to come with sprawl Two, like that beating drum that's about to hit at the end of the song. Right. It's, it's it serves its purpose in the narrative of the album and musically in the album, but on its own, it it doesn't have the purpose in my mind.
0: Yeah. I guess uh, you, you want to get into ratings then.
1: Okay. Uh, my metric is uh, I give the song four reflectors out of five. <laughs> I, <Okay. laughs> that's that's pretty good that's pretty good um i uh like like that's like basically what i was getting into before it's it's um it just it has such a strong purpose like there's, uh, there's like almost no other song on any other album where i'd be like if you took it out it would just hurt so much but on its own isn't as powerful it's i think this song specifically and like so i guess some of the other shorter songs but it's just it it has its huge purpose it has this huge action it has to play. It has to truly just pinpoint this idea of nostalgia. It has to cre- create the, the male speaker voice that, that empowers the female speaker voice in sprawl to, And like just together, it has such a important place that, uh, I give it a four, but not just not quite a five. I like it is an enjoyable song to listen to as well.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. I, 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 I know what you mean. I think like on your first, like if, if you've never listened, this is your first listen of the album. It's, it's not the one that grabs you the most because I think it's one that does the, gets the most benefit of really having listened to the rest of the album and really thinking about and hearing the lyrics of the rest of the album. And yeah, for me, this, you know, it, It you know however many years ago eight ten years ago this used to be the boring song that i would skip before sprawl 2 but for for me now i have uh corners of the earth i have five corners of the earth out of five i just i love this song so much it's like it's such a emotional high on the album for me. I feel like I, you can really, really feel at this point how scared the character is with the fact that he's entering the unknown. And I, I just I just love it. I know I've said it. last line is one of my favorites, but this is a song that I... Uh, me, personally, I will listen to it on its own, and I will put it into specific playlists. Uh, and it just goes to show that these ratings are, you know, our personal opinion of the song. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty high rating. I wonder if this is one that... A lot of people will deviate from us on, uh, but yeah, this is we'll your that.
1: and your rating of chemistry.
0: I mean, is, is it just still a two?
1: <laughs> okay, um, yeah. What do we have next? What, what's coming anyway, up? Anyway, next week, yeah
0: you know sprawl beyond sprawl we have sprawl to mountains beyond mountains so stay tuned to find out if the male speaker is right or is the female speaker right what are the suburbs how should we view them and all that jazz <laughs> anyway yeah. uh yeah i guess uh no it has been great say. yeah it's been sweet. everyone you know <laughs> wash your hands and we'll see you next week
1: bye